welcome. We invite you to open up your minds and your hearts. And join us, for I am not that. Liberating the self from the self. And now your hosts, Tezra and Koa. Hello, everyone. Aloha, namaste. Hello. Uh, this is Tezra. And Koa. And we are the co-host of I Am Not That podcast. Liberating the self from the self. So welcome back, everyone. We took a little hiatus, but now hopefully we'll back full force and throttle. Yeah, full steam ahead. And uh, we have a very, uh, uh, an honor and a privilege to uh, have Coach Simone on the show today. But uh, just before we get into that, though, we just want to cover a couple of things with I Am Not That podcast with the like, spirit circle, because there's a couple of things that we want to. Yeah, that, that was your little quick yeah. uh, run through. We have um, spirit circle is something we also do uh, once a month. Um, where it's just like like-minded or different folks trying to just just get in tune with their energy and just you know talk about real life stuff and figuring out how to incorporate spirituality into real life everyday stuff and hustle and bustle and the stress and different things that come up. So we have a nice discussion every month. So Spirit Circle will be uh, coming up in January, January seventh, twenty twenty one. And I uh, look forward to that. So um, we'll have that in the show notes as well, how to join that. And, and yeah. Um, oh, and we also will be returning to uh, I Am Not That podcast where we just actually, just the two of us just kind of go over nice juicy topics. We've been doing a lot of interviews with great, great yeah. people. Got one um, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we're going to get back into that as well. So, so listen out for that. And now without further ado, yes. Our- we are so delighted to have our featured guest today. Yes, Coach Simone. So you are a master life coach and a business coach. Yeah. And you also, you're, it's uh, ownyourpower.biz is your website. Ownyourpower Communications. Yeah, that's my company. My website is Ownyourpower. Oh, company and website. Yes. And so is it, is it the only the two different um, dynamics? Is it is the radio uh, network and TV or is it something else um, besides that? For Own Your Power, you mean, in general? Yeah, for Own Your Power. No, that's the umbrella for everything that I do. So I'm a business coach, life coach, intuitive life coach. And then um, the radio is a great way to just to like ex- um, explore all the different topics that I, I like to cover and bring on guests um, that I, you know, a lot of my clients, um, students. And um, the radio network we've had for that going on eight years now. Um, and I started on AM radio in Miami, live radio. Um, so that was good practice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> live radio, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you are um, a master life coach. You also are a master Reiki teacher. Uh, you have several books out, and we're going to put your latest book out in the show notes, um, which is The Whispers from the Past. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so you have, <laughs> there we go. There it is, folks. Um, you have a very robust uh, background. And so we kind of just want to dive in and just get to the heart of who is Coach Simone Kelly, because what you're big on is helping people to attract the life that they want. And, um, and then you also have a very interesting story that we will give you a chance to share 
with how you came to this point by, you know, facing your own fears and, and, you know, releasing yourself of what's, what holds you back. So if you would just uh, take a moment and just introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. That's a long story, but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, <laughs> so basically just- my, my background, I'm from, I'm from um, New York city, the Bronx, New York, by way of Jamaican parents. Um, which is why I have 50 jobs. Entrepreneur, yeah, you know, we have three jobs. No, I like jobs. Um, but I was able to combine all my jobs under one umbrella. Um, my my dad was an architect, but an entrepreneur, and my mom was in, in accounting. So um, I come from, you know, interesting backgrounds with, as far as like the entrepreneurship side. My dad, I definitely got that from him. Um, my mother was the type that worked for corporate America for all her life, you know. <laughs> so technically, before she passed away, she, we used to always joke around. She used to always say, um, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, she, she, but she saw, like, you know, like she didn't understand in the beginning, you know, like how I was on the phone with clients and laughing and having a good time. Like to her, that's like, how does that work? Right, that's not work. And yeah. I'll be like, okay, love you, talk to you later. And she's like thinking, that ain't work. Like, how, how is that a job? And you, you sound like you're talking to your girlfriends. Um, but that's the right. beauty of working for yourself. You can choose your clients and you attract exactly what I said. You attract who you want. You know, it's all about law of attraction. Um, so all of my clients literally are become friends or family or like little sisters to me, you know? So um, that's the beauty. So basically started off um, in business going to school for marketing. Um, and I also went to school for um, video production and what have you. But I realized a lot of my a lot of my teachers weren't making money. So I said, I'm not gonna do film. I'm gonna, let me, let me get some business background. So I ended up majoring in um, business administration at Long Island University. And I worked as an intern um, in the music industry. So I saw, I was, when I was an intern, I, Wu-Tang was walking by my desk, Puffy was in my building, Tony Braxton. So I worked for BMG Entertainment, which is now Sony. They walked behind and consolidated, whatever. So I had a really nice experience. Um, four years working there taught me how to network um, more than anything because after every internship was over, I always had another one lined up. Mm. So, um, and that's what I, a lot, I see today. A lot of people, I hate to say it, but I've noticed a lot of young people, they'll just be comfortable and they don't hustle. There's no hustle anymore. You know what I mean? So I know for me, after one job, I, I made sure everybody in the building knew, oh, my internship's going to be over in June. Um, I'm graduating this, you know, so I made sure I always had a job right after. Um, mm. And I also had a part of a paying job. Those are like free, free internships. And I had a paying job at the dentist's office. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, so, so I love that. So you were very, you had foresight, right? You always stayed a step ahead in the game. You always kind of like kind of mapped out where you wanted to go in your, in your next endeavor and how to move up, how to navigate um, give us a little bit about your childhood. How was that? Like, do you have siblings? Um, was there spiritual practice in your home? Or did you guys go to church every Sunday? What was that about? It, and that's, that's actually funny because um, I went to Catholic school, but I was raised Presbyterian. So um, I saw two different kind of religious backgrounds. And I was always the kid in class asking, like, well, why does Jesus have blue eyes? And I'm um, blonde here in this book. And they said he was in the Middle East and his hair was like, wool. So I was always like the, the troublemaking class. <laughs> they were like, this girl, shut up. She needs to ask many questions. Um, and I just saw like both sides of, of it. Um, yeah, very, I would say very religious, but yeah, we had to go to church, Sunday school, all of that, you know, fun stuff. So um, a lot of the stuff I do now, my mother would probably be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, <laughs> um, it's very out there and weird. Even my dad, in the very beginning was very nervous, like, oh, you're talking to spirits, don't do that, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm intuitive. 
but now he's my dad is very intuitive and he now he embraces it you know now he knows you know it's nothing to be afraid of you know um but yeah growing up that's I have um I grew up as an only child I have two brothers from my dad's side but um I grew up as an only child so I was very creative I knew how to make friends like this you know I always had you know that's my talent because I didn't have any siblings so I knew how to make friends um back in the day you know how they say it's a precursor when you when, when you look at how you grew up and your talents back then I was the producer of little shows on a tape recorder and my friends would listen to anything. I was like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to play this role. <laughs> and we're going to use the Nancy Drew books to play, to do the, 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 the sound effects. To <laughs> so I used to have these whole like performances um, and um, do on tape recorders. This is before video cameras and stuff like that. And then we, we elevated in my teens to doing music videos with the big, the big video cameras that go on your shoulder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all these little things I was already doing as a kid, I just didn't realize that that was a talent. You know, this was like fun for me. But um, the creative side of me was definitely there from early on, you know? Interesting. So let me ask you this as far as upbringing, because um, I, I, I'm getting the uh, the intuitive side and the very creative side. Did, did you, was there um, like any opposition, especially like, you know, how many people come up and they, they, they encounter some kind of racism or they encounter some kind of sexism, they encounter some kind of obstacles. Did, did you start to... Um, have any obstacles come up during your upbringing? Um, not related to that. I, I would bring back related to the intuition, though, because as a kid, I used to see stuff all the time. And I would tell my mother, she's like, oh, going back to your bed, you're having a bad dream. She would just think, tell me I was making it up. And I found out years later, something I, I used to see, my dad was seeing. No mm-hmm. way. So can you give us an example of something that you used to see as a kid? As out, but I'm going to let you know. <laughs> So I was like five and I remember somebody was turning off and on the light in my room and I wasn't afraid. That's how I knew I, I must've been already like intuitive because I, I wasn't scared. I was just like, um, there was a little girl in my room. I'm gonna be real. She looked like a little white girl with long, long blonde ponytail. I remember like yesterday, she had a red ribbon in her hair and she had, I told my mom, she looks like happy days cause she had a poodle skirt, but I didn't know how to, I'm a kid. I didn't know how to describe it. So I just saw her turning back the light off and on and I had a Mickey. I remember like yesterday, Mickey Mouse, um, you know, like the frame on the light switch. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, "Mommy, somebody's a little girl was in my room turning off and on the light." And she said, "Going back to your bed. You having a bad dream?" Never thought about it again. Twenty-something years later, now I'm in my my um I'm in Florida visiting my mother, and my cousin goes, "Yo, did your, your um your mom was telling me that story about the ghost I had in the house?" I said, "What ghost? I, I didn't know we had no ghosts." And I asked my mother. She goes, "Oh, I didn't want to frighten you, but your father saw the same little girl." And I caught it. I get chills still. T- look at goosebumps. Every time I talk yes, I did too. <laughs> so I called my dad, and my dad lives in West Palm at the time. So I called him, and I was like, Dad, do you remember um, us having a ghost in the house? And he said, Yeah. And he described to me, because I made him tell me without me telling him. So I said, What's she look like? And he said, She had blonde hair and a little red ribbon. I said, Oh, hell. I said, <laughs> I must do the phone. <laughs> wow. And he even said to my mom, Did you get the house blessed? Again, or something like that. Like, you need to get blessed the house. That's what they, they must have got somebody to come bless the house. But um, the crazy part is, as a kid, you know how your family has a certain way to sit at the table? And it's, like, religious. So my mother had a seat that was in, um, behind. I was on the left. So she just moved her seat at some point. And I didn't understand why. I was like, why are you, why, mommy, you know, all, all my life I grew up with you sitting a certain way. Because my dad saw her coming out of the bathroom, skipping out of the bathroom, and the bathroom was behind her. So she moved to, she moved to see something so she could see if anybody was coming. But I didn't know. Like, 
I didn't know any of this till like 20 something years later. So I always joke around and say, man, if they would have stopped telling me I was dreaming, I would have been walking through walls by now. <laughs> right. I would have been like next to the roof, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was a scary thing. But I, I used to feel stuff all the time um, as a teenager. Um, I was very intuitive, but I didn't really understand it yet. You know what I mean? Um, I was obsessed with psychics. I used to always go to psychics, that, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of them are crooks, though, unfortunately. I hate to say that. But <laughs> a lot of them are not a crook. Yeah. They're good. Some of them are very good, but they're manipulative. And I, I even weave that into my book somehow. I try to teach people that don't fall for the $20, $10 psychic, because nine times out of 10, they're going to weave you in, and then they go, oh, you have a curse on you. Um, that'll be another $300 for the candles. And <laughs> uh, right. I mean, I've had people come to me that have had their life savings gone from people like this because mm-hmm. there's so much fear in you. Wow. But, um, yeah, but that's, as a teenager, I used to, I've saved myself many times because I, I, I listened to my intuition. I started to pay attention to, you know, the feeling in my body. It would tell me, nope, don't do it. Don't go there, you know, so. But that's the only scary story I have. Other than that, everything was great. <laughs> and actually, that wasn't that scary. That's, yeah. you know, um, so that was actually pretty friendly of a <laughs> paranormal uh, story. Because it wasn't like, and well, I, I used that story. When you, if you ever read Like a Fly in the Wall, my, 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 my last, um, my book before this, I kind of used that story, but I make it more scary in the book. Oh, oh okay. She's like on the bed, like. <laughs> <laughs> me i make her like a little creepy but um you know it's for the book <laughs> okay good uh did you want to have another question uh yeah because um that's interesting you you have you had a very um strong intuitive you've had strong intuition since since way back I, now i'm um under the uh belief that uh everybody has intuitive uh, powers. It's just that many people, um, it gets subdued, it gets turned off, it doesn't get exercised, it gets told that it's not even a thing. And so then you bad start, dream. yeah, it's a bad dream. So then you just start relating to what you see, what you, you know, all your, just your five senses and, and that's it. Um, do you have um, any advice for someone who it's just not as maybe as strong as yours. It's not as um, developed, but it's some, but it's in there. They know they they get these little feelings now and then, but they just kind of more pay attention to the the, the real world, you know, and that's where they keep their focus. How do you have advice for cultivating that, bringing that out? Definitely. Um, the way I got really good was through meditation. So um, I started exploring different religions and studying different things, and. Um, um, Buddhism was, was one of the religions I was I was intrigued by. And um, I started meditating and chanting. And when that after from doing that, my dreams were like really prophetic to the point it was like, how did how did I know that? Like there's no way, you know. Um, one time I, well, I was in um in the Poconos, it was a, a bunch of girls, like a women's retreat. And you, I don't know if you guys know how like sometimes there's like a loft. I don't know, some of these those provoking those houses. It's like a loft upstairs, the living room, and then the downstairs are two bedrooms. So I'm sleeping in the loft. There was a girl sleeping on the couch. And I woke up and was like, girl, why why you was talking to me so early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning about your boyfriend? And that you met him out of you met him, you were with him for 11 years. And I like I I knew all this stuff. And I really thought she was talking to me. And she's looking at me with her mouth open, like, I didn't talk to you this morning. And I said, but you were telling me that. And then as I'm talking, I'm like, wait a minute, um, that I think this is a dream. <laughs> so I literally told her, you were with him for 11 years. You met him in front of um, um, in front of NYU, and um, and I was like, why you don't why um, why he want he ain't marry you yet? It's been 11 years. 
So we found out in real life, she met him on Astor Place in front of NYU in, in, in the village. Creep me out. Um, <laughs> and she was with him for 11 years and she was secretly married. None of us knew she was married, but she was from England. So she married him to get into the country. <laughs> so, so everybody's like, oh. and at that time I was playing around with tower cards. I don't use tower cards anymore. So that day they're like, get your tower cards. You're really psychic. Like, <laughs> give me a reading. <laughs> so that, that, that blew me away a little bit. And that's how I got really good from drink, from meditating. And then my dreams started to be, I started to write down my dreams. So what I would tell people to do now is be, build a practice of meditation, whether it's 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. It, everybody thinks you have to like be on top of a mountaintop. There's YouTube now. You can find a meditation, a guided meditation that can help you. Um, but if you get into the practice of doing that and then journaling between those two and writing on your dreams, you'll, you're going to be um, way more intuitive. You'll start to pay more attention to um, your messages that are coming to you. Great. Thank you. There's a lot more stuff you could do. <laughs> Say what'd you say? Say that again. That's just the start. There's a lot more things you could do, but I'm just giving you baby stuff steps. Oh, nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, because um, I also uh, have a meditation practice as well, and I want to kind of get into your bio on your website that I was reading, and I also had noticed you had a bindi um, on your forehead in your profile picture, which is really beautiful. So I kind of want you to speak to that, and then uh, before we go there, I want to share this and see what your uh, perspective or insight of it is. Um, because especially in Black America, right, the majority of our culture is based off of church. And, and I was really entrenched in church. Like I was a Bible thumper. You know, I was doing everything that they were telling me to do. But then at some point, something felt conflicting within my spirit. Um, and then because it would be things, I would see things like, um, the pastor and his clergy would eat separate from the flock, you know, like they would eat on China while they had us out in the <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was like, and I was thinking, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. He would eat with the people. So why are these people, you know, separating themselves into their own private room with a different China? We're on, you know, portal uh disposables yeah so 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 something began i began to feel stifled in my spiritual journey in my spiritual quest and so ultimately ultimately i left the church and then you know i was kind of like just hanging around for a little while until i stumbled upon my spiritual practice that i'm on now um but my thing is is that in our culture we are taught and we is so much fear instilled in going outside of the church to see what else is out there to see you know if there's other spiritual you know practices that may put you further onto your path or may get you over the fear or being a victim of society even of seeing yourself as that so i want to see your insight and your perspective on um what would you say to people who are thinking about, like, I know that there must be more to what this is. Church is a great start, but then they feel like they may be stifled or like there must be something more to this. What would you say to them? Well, one of the things I can say from my experience is that a lot of it is all the same. It's just, it's semantics at the end of the day. Um, because I've, I've been to, I've been with Peruvian shamans. I, I've seen Buddhism. I've seen some, and a lot of it is so similar, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just the whole fear and the rules and the, that's what I think is what turns me off. You know what I mean? And I, I pretty much make up my own religion. What I just take little bits and pieces of what I like from different things. Um, you have to, you have to explore and learn. I, I always tell people to, to research other religions, not just focus on what you know. 
Um, because even when I was studying Buddhism, um, my mother lost her, her, you know, I'm not going to curse. Um, <laughs> she lost it. Um, you know, like, how are you doing that? Oh, that's devil work. And I'm like, how is this devil work? Like, you know, because they're, they're small minded. Sometimes they, they don't, they don't understand. If you don't teach yourself other things or explore, you'll never know. Um, when I went to Peru, um, there was uh, a shaman's had a room. Um, they call it Mesa. It was like their prayer area. And I saw the altar and I used to be afraid of altar. I ain't gonna lie. Cause I have friends that practice all different kinds of religions. And I used to be freaked out a little bit when I saw altar. Their altar had everybody on there. They had Jesus. They had all kinds of Buddhas. They had everything. And I said, oh, wow, y'all believe in Jesus? Oh, y'all believe in that? And they were like, yeah, that's Master Jesus. That's so-and-so. Um, but it just showed me like how how some cultures embrace everybody and some some are just so isolated. And unfortunately, I think it's education. You know, at the end of the day, you just have to educate yourself. We have no excuse now. We got YouTube. We got Google. <laughs> There's no excuse not to explore and um try to learn different things. I don't know that I answered your question though. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it did. And that's the thing about it because in this society, in the Western society, we are taught like Eastern philosophy and Eastern religion, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, they are on some, like you said, voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, uh, but not really understanding that they embrace Jesus you know, they share his teachings all the time. He's one of their, you know, their, they follow him, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Not everybody, but some, like I said, some people. But here's one of the analogies I use all the time. I, I remember there was a pastor, and you might have seen it going on YouTube, where he was saying, sage is evil. And whoever you see people doing sage, that's that's new age, that's the devil. Um, I knew somebody actually had books on, she was a seven-day Adventist, and she had books on meditation being evil and incense being evil. Um, and I just said, I played back my, my childhood going to Catholic church. Guess what? Before church starts, before mass starts, what are they doing? Spraying some summer down each freaking aisle. <laughs> they, they clearing out the spirits. Okay. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's the same thing in, in, in so many different cultures, but they just don't call it the same thing. So I just thought it was, I just think it's funny how people are so f- are full of fear, but they don't understand, you know, here goes my evil. <laughs> <laughs> we have ours over here. Wait, let me go. <laughs> you gotta go get some. Wait, the Palo. Ours, the Palo Santo. <laughs> Palo Santo. That's not. It smells delicious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, it sounds like um, a part of a part of the answer is just like having an open mind and the courage to explore different things, so you don't get so you know this is the way, my way, the way, you know right. that kind of thing, and get really trap paint yourself in a corner right um uh, that that's amazing so you you also you you do readings for mm-hmm. people yeah. okay so uh, what can you take us yeah, into that yeah yeah what what's take us <laughs> through a process of how that works like how you even be how they begin they contact you or they find you or like how does that work it's um through word of mouth i don't post ads or anything on craigslist or anything anything it's through word of mouth so i, I literally have like that's why i said it's, it's how you attract your tribe right so my clients are friends of friends so it's like i can literally go anywhere in the united states and have a place to sleep <laughs> i have you know um a lot of good and that's why i'm doing my book tour too because i have a, a following in different states so it's literally like building a family tree so i might have one client in dallas that tells her friend it tells a cousin it tells another friend and before you know it i have like a whole group of, of people that are in one cluster of, of a city um the way i do my readings is um i just need your first name last name age and city I do not Google nothing. And, and people always, 
they're like people that are skeptical they go like well, the stuff she tells you you ain't gonna find on google anyway if she tells <laughs> um so it's almost like me channeling like my gps i call it so if your name is john smith i need to know john smith give me a middle name and his age and the city so i make sure i have the right person i feel in my body what's going on with the person i just i feel their chakras so I, if he's if he's something off i, I feel his throat chakras blocked and then i'll get a little story oh his throat chakra been blocked for five years something's going on in his relationship I start talking and he goes, yeah, I've been married for five years. I hate my wife. I'm being funny. I'm being funny. Okay. My wife is getting on my nerves. No, but I mean, there's people that they're there. They might have a throat chakra block and they talk a lot. They might have a big mouth and nobody, they don't even realize, but they're not saying what they need to say. Right. They're not saying mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they could be open with one side of their life, like their family. And then with work, they're like on eggshells because they're pretending to be this other person that they're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I pick it up in my body first. And then I, I write like pretty much before we get on the phone, I have like two pages of the person. Then when we get on the phone, I tell them what I got. It takes like five minutes. And then they ask their questions. So they can ask the questions related to um, a person, related to whatever I even picked up. Nine times out of 10, the stuff that I wrote down, they're going to say, oh, I was going to ask you about my job anyway. I was going to ask you about whatever. And we'll just go deeper into whatever the situation is. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Um, the other thing, I am a medium too. I don't promote it too much because it's it's overwhelming a little bit. It's very heavy. So I, But when I do do that, I... Um, I just tell them to give me same thing, first name, last name, age that they passed away and the city that they passed away in and the year that they passed away. And then I'll put, I'll feel the person's energy and I'll start telling them how they died first to confirm I got the right person. Mm-hmm. And then um, the person just starts talking. <laughs> I just, I'm just the, the middle person. So I just tell them. So I always tell them, don't tell me how they died. Cause that's how I confirm I got the right person. Right. Um, so yeah. That is so interesting. I, I love um, the stories of mediums and because I, I watched, I'm kind of obsessed with them. So I watched different <laughs> ones, but I love how they, um, like certain things as the spirits will let them know, like if they see a red rose or a white rose, or if they see a butterfly, they know what this means for you. And so they will show you that so you can communicate it to their loved one. Is that how you get messages too? Not really that. Um, they'll literally just, I don't feel them like on me or ne- I feel like they're next to me and I'll hear them. Like, it's so funny. Like le- the last one I did the other day, the the girl, um, I think it was a boyfriend that passed away. I think he was, it was really tragic, but he got, he was shot. Um, young guy, gang banging or something. And he said to the girlfriend, he, like, I see him like looking down at her and he was like, I like your hair. I like what you do to your hair. And she started crying and she was laughing and crying at the same time. And she said, oh, because he didn't want, she shaved the side of her head and he didn't want her to do it. Mm. And then now, now he was saying, so you know, there's no way in hell. I don't see what these people look like. We're not on the, we're not on video. You know, I don't even know what they look like at the time. But it was like fun confirmation. I had another client whose sister, um, she came through. She was a New York, um, Puerto Rican girl with attitude, and she was just like bossing me around. I was like, all right, calm down, lady, slow down. Mm. And she said, tell her to don't touch my books, leave my books alone. And I kept seeing magazines st- stacked up, and I was like, she keeps talking about her books. I don't know what she's complaining about. And she goes, oh, her comic books. And because she was going to either sell them or whatever. Um, she was like, no, you're not. But that's the thing that's so crazy to me. Like, you can be passed away and you're still materialistic sometimes. <laughs> attached. That's like, so interesting. You're still attached. Mm-hmm. 
Or like, leave my Cadillac alone in the backyard. Like, I've, I've heard some crazy stories. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've seen and experienced it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, and it's sad because, I mean, it's, it's confirmation for me because in the beginning, I used to be freaked out about it because I didn't want to do it. Like, I learned how to do it, but I didn't really want to do it because I don't want to see people walking around. I don't want to be in the street and seeing dead people walking by, which I don't, thank God. Um, <laughs> but um, it's really nice when you do have closure so I have some clients that, you know, that either they were mad at their mom and the last argument they had and the mother died, you know, so that at least they can have closure when they hear that the mother forgave them or whatever, you know. So it's that that part I like. But I've changed my, my services where I say one <laughs> one dead person per session. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because I made a mistake one time and let this lady, she was going through the whole family tree and I... I was so tired and you you want to eat. That's the thing. You want to eat. That's why there's a lot of fat psychics. Um, after you're done, you want to ground yourself. So I end up in five guys. I want to eat a cheeseburger. I want to eat um oxtail, like, <laughs> like something very um hefty and yes. Yeah. Mm. So that's interesting because that means that um, I know you probably had a question, but I just want to ask this really quick. Um, does that mean that when you're in your medium mode and when you're receiving, is it that you're in your upper chakras at that, you know, at that moment and really being pulled in that way so much to where now when it's over, it's like, okay, let me come down into my yep. lower chakras at this point. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even know. I learned from one of my teachers. I had no idea. And I was like, no, no, I want to eat. Like I want to eat a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. after, that's why I, I go to the gym I, I got it if I don't go to the gym I'll be 500 pounds no but um the, um it's it's a lot of fun though still you know doing it but I like I said I, I limit how, how much I do it because it's very draining because that client she had me talk to the grandmother the grandfather the uncle to this to that mm-hmm. and then word gets out yo she talked to grandpa Johnny oh wow. all the cousins called me and then you know everybody want to talk to your grandpa Johnny <laughs> So it's, it's it's cool. I mean, I'm not mad at the referrals, but you I just have to limit how often I do it because it's too much, you know, draining. Wow. You know what I, I really um like about that's the other thing that's I forgot to mention. What what's that? Lives, which is what this book is about. Um, I do your past lives as well. Oh. You're a past life regressionist. No, it's different. Past life regression is when we you we we put you in um hypnosis and I have a friend that does that Neoshi I can refer you to her uh, who puts you in hypnosis and she will you experience the past life when I read your past life it's different it's like hey um can you find out why I'm afraid of fire I'm terrified of fire then I'll go into my meditation and I'll see you know maybe in you know 1812 your house got burnt down and you ran out or the you know KKK came and burnt the house I mean I'm, I'm being funny but I mean that's not funny but you know what I mean I'll give an example <laughs> <laughs> of something that I see. And, and the, the cool part though is you can see how you're connected with somebody. So like, why are me and um, Tanya like best friends? We just met last, last week and we're like best friends. Oh, me and Tanya were probably sisters in the past life. You know, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see the connection of certain things. But to me, I didn't believe I could do that in the beginning. I'm like, yeah, right. When I learned that, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm, I'm going to know this, you know? And then we started Googling stuff or, you know, um, and it freaked me out because I'm like, how did I know? Like, how did I know that? You know, because techniques, um, healing techniques, um, different um, rituals, this stuff doesn't, I don't know anything about. I'm horrible with history, horrible with geography. And we will Google stuff and find, you know, confirmation about oh, things. Wow. Or, or an example is I had a student that, I mean, no, this was a client of mine, who when I read her past life, she was a man, a man in China. And um, she had a big family. 
And um, she just started crying on the phone. And I said, hello. I was like, what's wrong? She said, Simone, I'm Dominican. And everything in my house is Chinese. The furniture, the thing. like she was obsessed with China and didn't know why. So it gave wow. her information, you know, of why she's obsessed with certain places. That's so interesting. Uh, one second. That's so interesting because <laughs> I feel like this was going to be a... <laughs> Uh, what'd you say? I said, uh, you look like a little kid in a candy store. I'm speaking your language. You like this fun stuff. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I'm like, ah. So I, I feel like it just, when I was just sitting here, I feel like there's going to be a part two to this because it's already 1.30. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I, huh? I said already. I talk a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's what you're here for. You know, and we're loving it and, and eating, mm-hmm. it, eating it up. But I want to get into that we are now who we think we are. Because in our society, we're so attached. And I'm not really going to get into it now because I know that um, Koa wanted to ask a question, but maybe we can circle back to it. But we are so attached to what we are. And 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 the, those behind the curtains really play upon that. You know, they really play that illusion of separation game really tough on us, you know, to where is that divide and conquer. And so, and they do it based upon who we think we are in as far as races and us versus them. And when we realize that we're not actually this body, you know, because this body changes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just a shell, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so I want to circle back to that. Or even we may have to have a part two, Coach Simone, because this is some really good stuff here. So go ahead, baby. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to um, first say I, I really like how um, there is like a process of um, you kind of off- authenticating yourself. Like when it's like, don't tell me this, like I'll tell you, you know, that kind of thing. It reminds me of what I've heard from different um, different people who are really gifted and uh, whether it's gurus or kahunas or shamans, like they, they would say things like, um, always uh always test a guru like if you're gonna start you found this guru you're gonna you you want to follow them and bow at their feet always test a guru like and this is a guru saying this always test your guru if if your guru is who they say they are the t- it, it ain't a test at all for them you know and I, and I heard that from a kahuna that i've known like he, he would say bring it on baby like <laughs> um, yeah like it always what you say he loves skeptics <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you already you you know who you are, and it's not a it's not a problem. And if somebody is trying to like duck, duck and dodge those tests, then there you go. There's your red flag. So I just wanted to just say that I, I like that you you know you really welcome people to you know make sure that they feel comfortable that you know you know your stuff. So that that's actually great. And I, I realized I didn't even realize this until you just said that. But the way I was taught was not the way I do readings because I noticed that I do the little. Um, overview of your body and your, your chakras and all that stuff in a way to warm them up. Because once I do that, they're already in. They're like, oh, wow. Okay. All that about me. Like, oh, she, you know. And then, they, then they're like, okay, she knows what she's talking about. So that that kind of kind of like icebreaker, so to speak. Oh, um, nice. The nice. other thing I do that, that I think people respect is in my little overview, I tell them, um, you know, wait a month, two months, three months, a year to have another reading. Don't call me every Friday. Get paid because I, I in the beginning I had a girl that would put money in my PayPal every week and I have to use the refund. I was like, we just talked about your your boyfriend last week. You know the same. Ain't nothing on change. You have to wait for things to manifest. <laughs> some people will get addicted to you, and 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 that's not what, what I'm here for. I'm here to teach you how to you know work on your own. You know what I mean. And that's why I like teaching classes because I want you to embrace your own intuition. Um, 
you know, you can come to me, but don't come to me every day. <laughs> now, now, this is what uh, what I wanted to know. Um, with all these these gifts and and these intuitive gifts that, that you have, uh, it, it it would give it may give an impression to a, a listener or to anybody that you um don't get stuck in life because you see it coming already. Things you you're already a step ahead. Do you ever you know have fine times where you feel more on the down side, or you just not you know you you feel stuck and and how do you get out of anything if you do? I would say since I've been on this path, I'm definitely way um lighter and more intuitive. I trust myself a lot more. So the coincidence come way faster and I listen to them now. I don't, I don't fight them anymore. However, I always like to get readings. I have my own circle of friends. We get, we give each other readings, you know, so we feel something, we want to get confirmation because sometimes it's hard to read for yourself. You know what I mean? Um, you, you still make better decisions than the average person, I would say, but it's good to get like confirmation, but you know, I don't do them too often either. You know, just try to like, if there's something that, that I'm doing, like even my move here, um, to Atlanta was a big deal because um, it was a lot of coincidence that happened that led me to to, to say, you know what, God, I get, I get it, God. All right, Atlanta, I'm going. <laughs> so yeah, but you, it's it's not like my life is perfect and I'm amazing and you know, you know, it's it's not nobody is perfect, but it's definitely um, takes you to another level. You're more elevated if you are intuitive. If you're practicing daily, and like I said, and like you said, everybody can do it. There's nothing magical about it. You know, we all can do it. Practice, practice, practice. Open it up. -hmm. You you put coincidence, for our listening audience, you put coincidences in quotes. And I love that you did that because I want (laughs) you to speak on that a little bit because a lot of the times we think that the things in our lives are coincidences. And we're not realizing that we interact with the universe on the daily, whether we know it, realize it or not, but we are actually manifesting our lives on the daily. And so all of these coincidences, whether or not it's something that is good, auspicious, or whether or not it's something that is undesirable. Um, So can you speak to the coincidences of how when you start to really tap into the practice and how you start to experience the things that you want to have in your life? Um, So there's a book, and I don't remember the author, but there's a book called When God Winks at You, which I love the title. Cause that's God like, will God winks at you. Oh, I oh, think I that. isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. So to me, that is like what coincidences are. It's never really um, it's, it, everything is lined up. Everything's already pre-planned in a sense, you know. Um, and it's just being more in tune with yourself because when when things start to happen, you it's almost in the very beginning you will be freaked out a little bit, like how did I do that or what what like that this is weird you know but eventually you start to go oh I got it all right I got the message got it got you know because <laughs> that's how I am now now I don't freak out anymore I'm just like okay this is weird but I, I get it um so it's just being in tune and practicing I, a big thing for me is journaling because but I journal not to say um oh what was me my life oh you know some people just think journaling is a bitch session you know complaining um but you can journal which is called scripting writing as if something has already happened or is happening. So I wrote about um, my first book that I ever that I ever did, which was a nonfiction book called Jack of All Trades, Master of None. I wrote about um, the line at the bookstore that it was going to be in Barnes and Nobles, that I was going to be famous, blah, 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 all this stuff. And like three or six months later, um, I got my book in Barnes and Nobles and I had a full class, like 40 people um, and I was teaching a workshop. So, and I, I forgot, I, I look back like, oh my God, I wrote about this. But it's manifestation at the end of the day. Like a lot of the stuff, if you put it out there, if you really meditate on it, 
you can make stuff magic happen. Um, you know, so. That's such a, because I've seen like vision boards, right? <laughs> Sorry. I'll be laughing. We laugh at me because you're like, you, you've mentioned journaling a, a, a past and the guest just before that mentioned journaling. We've heard it before. And we, yeah, and we don't, we're not big, we're not big journalists. It's like, okay, I think the message is starting to come in. Like, uh, hello, get into it. Heels again, right? Yeah. Mm. But this is what I like. They need to be listening to this. <laughs> yes. Go get that journal. This is my journal right here. Well, yeah. Mm. And we have so many journals around the house. We have to actually start filling them up with <laughs> right, a bunch of a bunch of empty, beautiful looking but books. She, <laughs> but she says something, she put a twist on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, that really struck when she says she doesn't write with what happened or what she wants to happen. She writes as if it is happening. Mm-hmm. And this is what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Or so that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the I, energy from that begging and worry energy to like, oh, I to this, the manifestation of it. Mm. Ah, that is really helpful, Coach Simone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one, that one stuck. Okay. I got that one. Excellent. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, 141. Okay. Yeah. So, here we go. <laughs> so, okay. So, in, in, go ahead. What'd you say? We always do another one. Don't worry. I'm yeah, not I, I think we are going to have to have a part two. <laughs> Because uh, this is really, really juicy here. Um, But I want to touch, before we close out this one, I want to touch on, you have mentioned when you start on the path, right? And when you start to go to those other realms, those higher levels, you start to elevate. Do you think, because I feel that from my own personal experience, this is how I extricated myself from the narrative of racism, because I understand that no one is more powerful than I am, than my inner strength. And as when I became to know that, then I took the power back and now I, I took control of my life and, and taking responsibility for my life. So I wanted to know from you, what is your perspective on, as we are on the spiritual path, how do one extricate themselves, take the, remove themselves out of the racist, the the narrative racism of racism. Um, How do we remove ourselves from the statistics that society, you know, bombards us with every day. And, you know, and basically our group is always the group that gets the shittiest end of the stick, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. how do one remove themselves and take themselves out of that narrative? That's what, I mean, to me, I, I mean, I've dealt with racism, but not that much, I guess, because I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to answer because I, I really don't have that issue. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. Why don't you think you have that issue? That's, that's why I'm on my power. I've had my own business. I mean, when I worked in corporate America, I used to have to check people every now and then because I was usually always the only white. I'm not, I mean, I'm being real. I was usually like the only black um, person. Um, and like when I worked in dot coms um, in the very beginning, I, I remember being the only black girl, and it was a, it was very frustrating because I would hear, "So, Samantha, what's going on with the Crips and the Bloods?" <laughs> the questions that people ask me, like like this. Serious, literally. Oh, black friend, oh, like yeah, like you know. So how do black people have sex? Like I mean, I'm like, I'm, these are real questions people ask me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, this is how black people have sex. This, this is what this one of my co- coworkers. <laughs> I dealt with a, that kind of racism, yeah, but I never really dealt with um, 
any much opposition, so to speak, where that's something holding me back from my from my success or what I want to do. So it's hard for me to really answer that question because I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't really think like that. You know what I mean? Well, the funny thing is, it seems like she like, really think like, like that. Like you're the you're the answer. That's why the the life you live, the energy that you tap into, it it navigates in a way that doesn't you don't experience it. And if it so that's it's, that's why it's hard to answer. Well, I don't I don't get that because you it doesn't gravitate towards you. It doesn't pull into your circle. I have a joke for you. My one of my teachers, she's French Canadian, um, and I'm not gonna blow her up too much, but. She never really was around black people. So she's always like, you introduced me to a whole new world. And I'm like, what's the whole new world? It's like black people. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> like she used to be afraid of black people. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, so I so being around her, you know, she calls me her chocolate daughter. So it's, it's really cute. Um, but we're very close. I mean, she's like a mom to me. But it's just sad to know that some people are just not exposed. You know, they, she she grew up in Canada and didn't have enough in the part of Canada she grew up in to have black people around. But I grew up in New York. I grew up around my my I have friends the Italian that their mothers didn't speak English straight off of the boat. You know what I mean? That you be eat dinner at the house, manja. You know, so I grew up Spanish, white. Everybody I have friends from every background, and that's my books even. My books even have that. Like all my characters are not just black. There's a mix of characters in my books. I have Russian, Italian you know, French, everybody's in there. So I think for me, as I grew up, you know, as an only child, I made friends with everybody. I experienced everything. So I, it really doesn't bother me. Um, if people are racist, I've never experienced, I mean, up to one one thing that happened to me, I could tell you that's actually a funny karma story. When I was eight year, eight or 10 years old, eight to, eight to 10, we were 10 years old, I think maybe. And we were riding our bikes, me and my girlfriend. And this is in the Bronx. We were the second black family on my block in the seventies. And um, this little boy was like, nigga, get off my block. Like he was like, he was like 12 years old. He was like, get off my block, nigga. And we were like, this isn't your block. The Indians were here first. <laughs> so he, you know, he would like spin on the ground whenever he saw us. You know, he was real, a little Italian boy too, but he was of course raised by his family that was racist, right. super racist. Fast forward, this is karma. Fast forward now, I'm 21, 22 years old. I'm at the gas station late at night and this this man comes up to me, look like a crackhead face sunken in. And he's like, excuse me, man, can I get a dollar? Can I get a dollar? I look in his face and this is Anthony, the, the same little boy that called me a nigga. Wow. And I, Ain't this a bitch? And I just, mm -hmm. I just looked at him, sorry, I don't got it. <laughs> Kept pumping my gas. But it made me think like, wow, look at karma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't get a dollar. I could have, I know I could have been nice and gave it to him, but no, I didn't. Like, nah, uh -uh. That just sounds like the, the, the power, the power of ignorance. When you're that ignorant and that's the vibe you stay in, then your path, like you said, karmic path. And he's, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all kinds of stuff. But um, I, and to answer your question, racism is an issue for me. Like, I'm, I embrace every, I have clients from all backgrounds. I have Filipinos, Spanish, white. I have all kinds of clients, you know, so that's not it. And I think that's the, the important thing. And I think it's for all groups, even for you said your French Canadian teacher who had never been around black people. And so she was literally afraid of them because you're afraid of your ignorance. Your, your ignorance is what creates that fear. Um, but I too have, you know, varying circles, you know, I have, um, you know, where I have exposure to, you know, all kinds of peoples and all kinds of background. That's one reason why, you know, I love New York because New York is such a breeding ground for that, you know, but yeah, and it's expanding your circles. And because when you expand your circle, you realize that we're really all the same. Like there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really like for, cause we have both audiences listening to our podcast. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really inviting 
Um, the LMs, the low, the, I call them LMs, the low melanins, which we call white people, but just to understand. <laughs> LMs, okay. The LMs, yeah, and the HMs are the black people, the high melanins. Okay. Um, but yeah, but it's just to understand, um, you know, to for you to look at your own psyche, right? Your own dark shadowy psyche and see what may be lurking there about, you know, a person who is not of your same skin hue or whatever. And to really um, explore that because it's normally because you're not, you know, your world is just your world and you don't know anything else. So yeah. I think it's very good for everyone to, you know, to expand their world. Yeah, and I, and I really love this conversation because I, I've heard Tesra say many times how, you know, people have asked her, you know, what is it, what, like almost the same question we're asking you. And she's like, I, I really, it doesn't really come across my path uh, right. running into these situations. And I'm the same way. I, I doesn't, you know, I have to backtrack through my life and really find that moment or that one time or that one word I've heard at one, like it's very, very rare. And I really feel that the more you focus on, yourself as an energy energetic being as a spiritual being that there's that that energy underneath that mm -hmm. when you start to be more in tune with that then you start to sculpt your path the way you want it to not how media throws whatever they want and you go oh look they're, they're talking about us again and you're you're sitting there identifying with what's being said and it don't even have nothing to do with you if you didn't want it to mm -hmm. so i love this whole discussion that is coming out that's really about you know channeling your gifts and being in touch with that uh, but we are we i know we're wrapping up so yeah. we want to definitely so um yeah, yeah get these last few mm -hmm. questions in but first before we do that um i definitely want to get your books in mm -hmm. and the fact that you're going to be offering classes in atlanta in dallas and la so if you could tell our audience uh, the dates of those and where they can go and find out more about those classes sure um atlanta is going to be january 23rd um in buckhead um, at my house, oh. and, um, <laughs> small group, and a bunch of people. <laughs> and um, January, I skipped them. I skipped the date. Dallas is January tenth and eleventh. I'll be teaching level one and level two of Discover Your Intuition. Um, and February twenty first and twenty twenty twentieth and twenty first is um, LA. I'll be in LA. Um, and will this information also be on your uh, on your website? And if they join my mailing list, they'll get the alert as well. And if you follow me on social media, um, own your power um, on Facebook. Author Simone Kelly on Facebook is my fan page, and own your power radio is my fan page on on um, on um, Facebook as well. So yeah, I'll be posting. And that. your website is ownyourpower.biz. Power.biz. And I am selling my books, all of my books, um, on my website. Um, however, you can you can also get them on Amazon, but this, all of my books will be autographed if you purchase them from my website. Um, oh, amazing! And this one is is actually cheaper on my website. Ask Second Lens is my first book. It's fifteen dollars on on um on Amazon, but it's um only eight dollars on my site. So hmm. I want to get it there. <laughs> there you go, folks. Yeah, and Christmas is coming up. So and just give us a little glimpse of what your latest book, uh, Whispers from the Past, is about. Sure. So the uh, main character in this book is um, named Jacques Barati. He's a Moroccan and French um, intuitive counselor. Um, very sexy guy. Everybody, everybody loves him. Uh, <laughs> and he was he was actually in this book as well, like a fly on the wall. And in this book, he is he's developed a new talent. And he's not only intuitive, but now when he looks at you or touches you, he sees like almost like a hologram of your past life in front of you. So mm. 
he'll he'll be able to channel what's going on. And he doesn't even understand it in the beginning because it's almost like, whoa, what's going on? You know, he'll literally see how he knew you in a past life or he'll see something that you did in a past life. Um, and it's because even I'm not vegan, but I want to be vegan again. He became vegan. So it actually helped him be clearer. Mm-hmm. And it's a real thing in real life. You know, <laughs> the right. more you lighter and healthier, the more intuitive you are, it sharpens your third eye. Um, so that's one part of the story. Then he joins for forces with Like a Fly in the Wall. They hire him to um, help with cases because Like a Fly in the Wall is a detective agency. So they hire him to help with solving mysteries. And um, there's a lot of fun um, suspense, past lives, juicy sex. Um, <laughs> so that, like that that pulls them in. Everybody just has sex. They don't have anything else. Buying. <laughs> that's all people remember. I'm like, there's more to the story. And that's the thing. I weave in life lessons I leave in, I, I we've been you know teaching about intuition so when people read the books they're like hey I'm like Jacques like I don't know I'm psychic too you know it's nothing woo woo and spooky we all have it so mm. I try to like help demystify the whole idea of being psychic you know that's why in, in most of my books that's one that's my goal you know and I have a movie coming out too I forgot to mention that oh please um it's it's not out yet but we're filming in February it's my next book that um I'm working on um that will come out next year called 1544 and it's um, based on a man who was a sperm donor in, in college years, and his daughter comes back looking for him um, to meet him. And they both have um, gifts of telepathy, and they're very, they're both very psychic. But it shows that Daddy's little girl isn't what she claims to be. So if you ah. want to think about um, fatal attraction, but with a daughter and dad, that's kind of what it's going to be. So this okay. is like, okay. like a thriller. Um, Sounds so juicy. Yeah. Okay. We're doing a 15 minute short for that to promote it so that I can, um, you know, get into contests and, um, you know, film festivals and hopefully, you know, Netflix, somebody will pick it up <laughs> to be a turn into a feature movie. Wow. Oh, I love it. So your book is basically like mystical, um, esoteric, but yet um, palpable to where it's like a daily is, is, um, it's, it's really calm. It shows how common it is, mm-hmm. you know, through, you know, everybody, basically. Miami, uh, the, the some characters are from New York. It's very, down, you know, fun, down-to-earth people that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we're definitely wrapping up. We have a few minutes. Um, what did you, did you want to do anything? Do you want to get into your surprise My question? surprise question? Yeah. yeah. Um, before we do that... Um, <laughs> Let me meditate. I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no embarrassing one. You got to unplug. So really quickly, uh, could you give the best advice to our audience about how do one go about taking their destiny in their own hands? Um, like I said, meditation is the number one key. Like first, once you once you can tap into knowing who you are and understanding who you are, then you'll you'll follow your calling much much faster. A lot of us are in jobs and careers because our parents made us do it, or society made us get a good job. And then a lot of people are, they might might be making money, but they're miserable. Um, so I think if you really understand who you are, if you know thyself, that's the the number one start. And you do, you know that by journaling. Um, the goosebumps are coming again. I can't, you, I can't make this up, y'all. When, I, when the goosebumps come, it's like that's like they, they want you to hear this. Um, th- that's the start of really understanding who you are. And once you do that, then you tap into yourself, and you, you will just take, you know, you'll listen more. You'll be more in tune, and you'll, you'll follow your calling more. 
that's the biggest thing. Like, if you don't follow your calling, you'll be miserable. Hmm. Um, and what is um, what is besides your um, lovely books? What is one of your favorite books and/or quotes um, to share? And how has it um, enhanced or shifted your life? This is, this is a surprise question. No. no. Oh. Oh, that's easy. Um, I can get, I can grab it. You want me to show it to you? Yeah, sure. It's right here. Hold on. This is one of my favorite books ever. Excuse me, your life is waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. Um, as you can see, it's been highlighted. It's mm. been- this is like my, I, call, I joke around and say, this is like my Bible. Um, so this is book is what, I got this in 1999. This introduced me to like law of attraction. Okay. Um, and I, that's when I really was like, oh, I have to really get into this. I need to understand this more. Um, but yeah, this book helped me. Actually, this book has the scripting in it. That's why I learned about the scripting, where I said they call it scripting, where you write about something oh, okay. before it actually happens, write about it. Got it, yeah. So yeah, it, and it helped me understand that little voice in my head that was saying negative stuff so I could get rid of it you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, it helps you really pay attention to how you're thinking because I know and I always tell my clients get this book your life will change in two weeks that's how that's how confident I am about this book um like you'll literally start to see a shift um in it we're ordering excuse that. me your life is waiting by Lynn Grabhorn Lynn, Lynn grab horns. Yeah, we are going to get that. Yeah, help Add you, that to our collection. Help you grab life by the horns. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> and um, so our audience can find you on Instagram at how? Own Your Power. Own Your oh, Power. Own Your Power is across the board. Okay. Yeah. yeah for Facebook, Website, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, on your power. Okay. So we have that. It's it's not going to take long for this little surprise question. So we were rounding our last minute. Yes, and the surprise question. Drum roll, please. Wow. What is your favorite curse word? Oh fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that's in the yeah, lead. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's in the what? In the lead. In the lead. Fuck wins with all the guests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for for positive or negative, it doesn't matter. When it's something happens, you stub your toe, fuck. If something goes good, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's wins. So Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. Excellent, excellent guest. And 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 you know, as usual, we 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 love these conversations because we get to learn. It's not like we're just here, you know, preaching down to folks and trying to you know school everybody. Like we're here, we're learning as well. And there's always something excellent to get from a, a guest. But this was really, really a, a treat. And yeah, uh, yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah we got a lot of. Lot of work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of gifts came from 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 this exchange. So we really, really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. And I think we're definitely going to have to do a part two because I want to delve into more of the the law of attraction and uh, we are not who we think we are. And so, yeah, Coach Simone is going to be a great enlightener of that. So Coach Simone, we thank you for giving your hour to us today on this beautiful Saturday and you have a wonderful rest of your day. And it was such a pleasure. Namaste. Namaste. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at I am not that underscore podcast. And if you have any questions or any comments of any kind, we'd love to hear from you. That would be our email address is I am not that podcast at gmail.com. I am not that podcast at gmail.com.
So yes, we'd love to hear from you. Till next time.